Hey, welcome to the Northeast Hunt and Film Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Alex. Here you'll find hunting stories and strategies based mainly out of the Northeast, but we'll also include hunts from all around the country. If you can hunt it and you can film it, chances are we're going to talk about it on here. Enjoy. Welcome back, everybody. Another episode of Northeast Hunt and Film. This week, we are joined with Joey King, which you've heard on here before a few times, and uh, Brian Ames. And those two work together a lot. They're both uh, they're both self-employed, both carpenters in the building trades and um, work a lot here in southern Vermont. And Joey's like, you ought to get him on. He's 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 tracked and killed a lot of bucks in the Adirondacks, and he's a really good deer hunter. He's really passionate about it, and he'd be a good one. So we lined it up, and uh, yeah, it's it's kind of just like a BS session. We're not. I don't. I ask him some questions, but I'm not really you know reaching for stuff. It's just kind of him telling stories, and those two have been hunting out there a long time. They both killed a buck on the same day, and. There's a lot of stories, and I think we just grazed the surface with it. I mean, we went we went over an hour and a half. I think it was more like an hour 45. Uh, there'll probably be some stuff I cut out where we got went to take a piss and whatever. But, yeah, it was a good conversation. Brian, uh, at one point, he was, the, he was a uh, hunter safety instructor for the state of Vermont, and uh, he was on the board and stuff. So... I'd like to do another one with him and pick his brain about, you know, that kind of world and, and why we have regulations and the reason behind them and maybe clear the air on some stuff, antler restrictions and stuff like that. But yeah, it was good, good conversation. Uh, make sure uh, get over to the YouTube channel, subscribe, hit the notification icon. Uh, this, this year I'm going to, I'm going to do a little different thing. Um, instead of waiting until I get a kill to put content out, I'm just kind of going to do like a weekly vlog type style, like where it's just what I'm up to, you know, maybe I'm shooting guns or practicing with the bow or, and I'll, you know, I'll kind of quickly recap my hunts and I just don't get enough, you know, kill footage to be able to put out a bunch of content in that regard. But, um, I would like to... I would like to feed the channel some more. So, so this weekend I was only able to get out opening day and then I had, um, I had a wedding or I had dress rehearsal Friday night. Opening day was Thursday. I saw three deer, one giant buck. I did not expect him to come the way he came and he, he was working his way across the select cup behind me and kind of using the wind to his advantage and got downwind to me. I saw him about 725 legal time was 730 and it wasn't until about 740 that he busted me. He went down in this little gut with some hemlocks and I kind of lost sight of him. And I just sat in the tree and waited for him to, to run off. And eventually I heard him run off and I got down, but saw two other deer. I think one was a, one was a spike I've been seeing on camera. And the other one I knew was a doe. I put the binoculars on her, but Anyhow, uh, Friday night had a 
uh, dress rehearsal for a wedding I was in. Saturday was the wedding. Sunday night, I went out to dinner for a late birthday dinner. My birthday was Friday the 16th. And today, Monday, got out of work late. Uh, wicked humid thunderstorms rolling through. Um, plus, I had to I had to sit down and edit this podcast. So I didn't get out, but uh should be able to get out a couple days this week, and then I'm going north. If you guys remember the rabbit hunting podcast with uh, Travis Grover and Matt Frechette rolling up to Northeast Canyon with those guys, going to bring the side-by-sides, and they're going to have their kiddos there, and should be a good time, so I'll, I'll document all that, and it's just kind of kind of be like, you know, a vlog, what I'm doing, you know, just some way to to put more content out without having to feel like I can't put out what I film because I didn't kill anything. You know what I mean? So, but shout out to, uh, Jake and Kate, the new, the newlyweds, uh, it was a good time Two super nice people and, uh, they deserve it. So congrats to them. It was a good time. Saw some shenanigans. Saw some, <laughs> so, yeah, saw some things that that uh, were questionable. Uh, my buddy Rod in his wife's bridal dress. That was interesting. It was kind of like, like what I would imagine, like, like if Sasquatch's wife was getting married, like that, like that's what I, that's what we saw. Like, that's what that looked like. Because he's like 6 foot 12, 200 and 300 pounds, whatever he is. He's a big dude. Like, just a big guy. Size, like, 49 shoes. And <laughs> somehow probably ripped it, but snaked his, his wife's dress on and showed up to the after party. That was comical. But good time. But warm the next couple days, but they're they're showing uh this weekend should be good when I'm up rabbit hunting, should be deer hunting, but um cold front coming in, so be on the lookout for those you know, bed to feed but bed to scrape too. Keep an eye on those scrapes. We're still in September. They still might be daylight in those scrapes. Before the testosterone gets up too high, but good luck to everybody. Whatever you're hunting, bear, deer. I know some of my buddies got had some luck. Kevin Plant got a nice bear. Uh, Steve Champa shot a doe. Buddy Riley got a nice little buck. Um, some others. I'm I don't know. I can't think of them now. But <clears throat> congrats to everybody. Good luck to everybody else and. We'll get in this podcast with uh, Joey and Brian Ames, and yeah, jump over to the YouTube, YouTube channel, follow along on the season, and uh, yeah, good luck, everybody. All right, we're back. Another episode of Northeast Hunt and Film. We're joined tonight with Joey King once again and Brian Ames. And we're going to talk uh, 
some tracking stories, I think. Sounds good. What do you guys think? Sure. I think Brian knows a, a thing or two about it, looking at the wall. <laughs> I've been fortunate. A lot yeah. of bones up there. When? How did you get into get into tracking? Was it through your family member or you kind no, of just discover it? No. Hunting in the Adirondacks um, where the deer densities are extremely low, let's yeah. say, in, in a lot of the area. Um, when you found a track, you <laughs> you got to do something to make something happen, you know. And uh, I'm not a guy that can sit for a long period of time. Yeah, um, I hear you. Uh, so for me, I just got to follow the track, see where it goes. And it led to, before I even knew about the Benoits or anybody else, that it was an actual thing. I didn't know that, that it was a thing. This is before Bryce Towsley's book came out. and. Wow. I, I remember yeah. when his book came out. and You could be a pioneer. You don't really know. <laughs> no, I don't think so. But <laughs> <clears throat> I remember when his book came out and said, holy cow, I, I, this is what I do. You know, um, I, I don't do it as well as they do, obviously, by the pictures in their book. But, <laughs> um, and, you know, you can only do it when the conditions are right. So, right. but following the tracks brought me to a lot of places that even when there wasn't snow, I knew where I wanted to be, you know, where, um, where deer densities were, where deer populations were in the big woods. You know, you can spend a lot of time and cover a lot of ground and, you know, not bump into any deer. Um, and so a couple of years on snow kind of tells you, oh, I want to be on that side of the mountain. That's where the beaches are, and there's beaches this year, whatever the case may be, you know, um, or even where the doe densities are so that you can at least find something to target, you know, because you don't have snow all the time. Right. Uh, you know. Were you finding, well, what they're called now, signpost rubs? Yeah. I. But from what I understand, Hal's the one who coined that term. But this was probably before I you never, knew who Hal Blood was. But yeah. were you finding those and, like, wondering, like, there's something different about this rub? No, I didn't recognize it. I, I, I mean – Looking back on it now, I saw some of them. I yeah. didn't recognize them for what they were right. um, until reading actually Hal Plus books. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I just didn't pick up on that sort of thing, you know. Um, reading the books after uh, Bryce Towsley's, uh, I think it was Bryce Towsley that wrote the Benoit books. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, just discovered a lot of things I was doing wrong or um, – I never slowed down. I just walked, 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 yeah, yeah. walked on the tracks, you know, and, and kept my eyes open. And uh, <clears throat> more often than not, saw a tail or just a bed, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, got lucky enough times to, you know, actually bump into the deer and get a crack before he took off, you know. Um, but reading those books and stuff, I kind of realized um, I had – I can't say it's wasted time because there is no such thing when you're in the woods, but I had put a lot of effort into um, tracking deer the wrong way, you yep. know, and uh, um, so I definitely became more successful in uh, after reading some of those books and stuff. Like I said, the signpost rubs, yeah, I definitely passed a bunch of them. I didn't recognize what they were, right? you know, that sort of thing. So, that they had any sort of significance? No, didn't have a, you know just didn't 
it just didn't click, you know. Was, you didn't pull out your phone, mark, mark that on Onyx. No, <laughs> no, we didn't. no. That <clears throat> most of this was done before GPS, yeah, and yeah. a lot of this was done before GPSs, and um, so there was a lot of shoe leather. I was younger then, and there was a lot of shoe leather involved, you know. Yeah. And uh, the one thing the GPS did is it saved me a lot of shoe leather at the end of the day, you know. Um, and, yeah, getting back, getting back. That's really the biggest thing they don't look at it a lot during the day but when you want to get back the easiest route is you know and the quickest route is marked out for you um, yeah and the adirondacks are so vast that yeah even with just a, a map and compass you're still yeah you, you know there were eight ten miles and and straight yeah getting and, back after <clears throat> dark and and trying to the area that um We've hunted all over the Adirondacks in different areas, but one of the areas we concentrate on, we're fairly fortunate, has a forest service road that runs east-west. So <laughs> it's really a, a fortunate thing in the sense that you, you know if you've tracked to the north, you you just got to come yep. south and you're going to hit that. And it's, they don't plow that road or anything, but it's you know a good enough road to walk right along as quickly as you can walk on, you know, for sure um back to your truck so that's fortunate it's not the case everywhere we go but uh, in a lot of it so yeah that helps that it's kind of like a security feeling almost like as long as i go south yeah hit the road somewhere yeah yeah it is there i might be two miles from my truck but i'm on the road joey will tell you i had one year i tracked one this was before gps's and uh I had gone over a ridge that Joey's actually hunted quite a bit on, a good-sized ridge, I'd say a mountain, really, yep. Yep. and gone down and, and shagged a buck all through a lowland and beaver bogs and, you know, all of that. And uh, at the whole time we were doing that, we were moving to the west, and I, you know, didn't think much of it. But at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, I was three or four miles from the truck on the wrong side of the mountain. And uh, – but – Deer happened to turn, and he started going north again. And I thought, well, this is perfect because that's the direction I need to go. I knew I was quite a few miles to the west of my truck, but I knew the road was to the north. And I got to the top of the mountain, jumped the buck. I didn't see him, but it jumped him, and he turned around, went back to the south over the mountain. I said, oh, okay, i got to go to the north. Well, all I did was walk across the top of the mountain, which was only 30 or 40 yards across, thinking I had just a nice – downhill walk to the hmm. to the road that was a half mile away and when i looked directly in front of me was another mountain and i had you know two pretty good sized ridges and i was on a ridge behind the one that i had gone up and over so at five o'clock at night i was i still had a mountain to go over <laughs> go, go go down a mountain and back up another one and back down the yep. other side you know um and the gps is kind of I realized what had happened, where I was, and that I was nowhere near as close to getting back to my truck as I thought, you know. Um, but uh, the GPS kind of saves those, uh, yeah, those things from happening, you know. Oh, definitely. If you're trying to decide, do I stick it out or do, is it time yeah. to drop off, if you can pull out a GPS and yeah. look and be like, yeah, I'm real close to an easy way out of here. Let's yeah. just get yep. it to you it while we can. conservatively figure yourself at walking a mile per hour. 
yeah. you know, through the woods, you're yeah. probably averaging a mile per hour. Yeah. Right. So and you know you, you kind of gauge it by that. Yeah. And I've had oh a half a dozen nights when you know we didn't see the truck until after nine o'clock. You know. Yeah. And you try never to do that, but yeah. Yeah, sometimes it, it happens, happens, you know, yeah. stay on too long, think you got just a little bit more to go and you're further away or it's the country's just rugged enough that you can't hustle back. You, you know, you're already beat. And uh, yeah. so um, or you're dragging a deer or you're dragging a deer. I've had a few of those that are late at night, too. You know, um, I'm trying to think if I ever left one out there overnight. I don't think I have. Um I can't remember you ever telling me about one no, you left I overnight. I know you'd hiked out to meet your ride. Yeah. You made him late for his chicken yeah. dinner. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, oh, that's true. I did leave that one. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. One of the first ones up there um, that I shot, I had out with a buddy, which is something I don't do now. Um, you know, buddy hunting is not a, not a bad thing by any means, but if you're going to be independent and, and trying to track deer and stuff, you can't be worried about yeah. meeting somebody at your right. truck at, at a certain time. time. Yeah. You just can't do I that. We know? hunt the Adirondacks together, and pretty much the only way you can actually say we hunt it together is we stay in the same motel. Yeah, yeah. It's just, and hunt know, in the general. We might run into one another if we happen to be out in the middle of the day on the road somewhere, but you right. know, looking for a track. But you know, other than that, um, but yeah, uh, that. That fellow shot a buck that morning. I'd heard him shoot, so I knew he had one, or I assumed he had one. And he uh, he was going to pick me up uh, in a certain log landing. And what he wound up doing is taking his buck back to camp and uh, hanging it up. And, and then he laid down in the afternoon and fell asleep. <laughs> so I, w I had shot a buck in the middle of the day. <clears throat> and uh <clears throat> excuse me it was on bare ground and uh <laughs> i drug it for all afternoon and i finally got it to a spot where i was pretty sure i could i could find it again in the dark series of log roads and stuff and i went down to the log landing that he uh was supposed to pick me up at and i got there a little bit after dark and uh no no eddie you know where where is he i sat there for about an hour and a half in the dark about seven o'clock i saw the headlights coming in the <laughs> i knew what had happened he'd fallen asleep and uh so when he got out of the truck his boots weren't even tied you know he woke up in a hurry and realized oh crap I <laughs> oh, crap go get it's run. dark i gotta go get my yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so uh i said well we we got a buck to go get you know up on the mountain it wasn't terribly far up there and uh and he said well i want to go back to the diner they got a chicken and biscuit dinner tonight let's go do that we'll come back and get your buck well i'd been sitting there listening to coyotes on that mountain howling yeah, you know and i'm yeah. like i don't i've already drugged that deer mile you know or a pretty good distance and i said i i left a pretty good scent trail for something to follow you know and uh i hadn't thought to leave my coat or anything with the with the deer so I said, well, because no. you thought you were going to be picked up. And That's right. I thought we'd be picked up and we'd be out of there by 6 o'clock, you know. <clears throat> and uh, so we hiked back up in. I finally convinced him that I had one. And uh, we hiked back up in and got the deer. And, 
and I was pretty beat, but he drug it most of the way back out. And uh, we got to the diner uh, 15 or 20 minutes before they closed, and there was one other couple in there. And he'd been bragging about that chicken and biscuit dinner. And <laughs> we got in, sat down, and just as we sat down, the waitress brought a chicken and biscuit dinner to both the man and wife table next to us. <laughs> and uh, she came over and said, what can I get you guys? And he says, I want that dinner right there. And she goes, I'm sorry, those are the last two plates. <laughs> he looked at me. I got a pretty dirty look. <laughs> and... Uh, he never did get his chicken and biscuit dinner, but <laughs> oh well. Yeah, you should have told him if he hadn't slept. Yeah, if you hadn't left me in the woods yeah, for. If you hadn't left me for an hour and a half, <laughs> yeah. we'd have been here yeah. <laughs> plenty but, of time. Uh, so I, right then I determined that uh, this this waiting on somebody else or depending yeah, on somebody tough. else for yeah, your vehicle. For is sure. A, you know, and I've had a couple other incidences over the years with hunting with guys, and none of no, nobody's fault. Nobody's yeah. you know. It it just uh, has really interfered with your ability to be as free out there as you want to be, you know. And uh, so I I try now not to not to have anybody in my truck. Not that I'm antisocial or anything, <laughs> but uh, well, you're, you're on a mission. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's yeah, a, yeah. No, I mean, it, you know. And, it, uh, I mean, unless you got unless you got someone following you with a camera, it's kind of like it's a one-on-one -on -one thing. I know the right. Benoits tag teamed him and i've done it with people and i didn't like it yeah joey's I, and his brother have Steven done it several times tag team and most of the time and, and it works pretty well you know had some success and really enjoyed it oh the strategy you know? for yeah. sure is is, and, is solid uh, i just yeah. i don't know it's i just I, when i want to stand and lean up against the tree i don't want somebody behind me thinking we should be moving or right you know I, or i don't want somebody who can't keep up or anything else you know and, right uh um, not that I go through the woods now like I used to either, but you know, um, it's just one of those things that, uh, you know, we were up there one year and a friend of mine who's passed on now was a good hunter. Got a lot of, a lot of nice deer. Um, his truck wouldn't start one morning, you know, the actual ignition was froze and he couldn't get the key to even turn in it wicked cold. And, uh, we went up there, we had five, six inches of fresh snow, just, you know, just what you're looking for. It was about zero out, wicked cold. And, uh, but we traveled a whole lot of the Forest Service Road, probably 20 plus miles of it, never cut a fresh track. Um, we found two old tracks that happened to be only about 400 yards apart. You know, you couldn't discern what they were for deer or anything, just that they were deer tracks that, that had gone through two inches of three inches of snow before the snow quit we wound up deciding to park there and split up and for whatever reason he said why don't we meet back here at noon you know and i had just said yeah okay and <laughs> we didn't have any fresh tracks anyways well for you know my luck i get a half mile up the mountain and i cut a beautiful track smoking fresh put the deer up missed it my own fault and uh you know on it for three or four hours and then i'm looking at my watch and i told mike i'd be back at noon <laughs> you know and here i am a mile above the road and several miles west of where the you know it, it just it's not a good feeling and yeah you know, i wound up leaving that track and going back to meet him and you know it just uh when i got back to the truck 
where the truck where we left it, the truck was gone. <laughs> he had gotten cold and come out, hadn't found anything, come out and took a ride down the road, which was fine. And you know, he wound up coming back. And but again, the, yeah, you're yeah. not hunting at that. Not point. hunting at that. You're looking point, for you your buddy. Yeah. yeah, and it was one of those days that you. I'd have been angry if I saw that truck oh, gone. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, it it was one Thought of those. Thought we had a plan. Yeah, we. It was one of those days when. Well, in all honesty, I was an hour late, so I think he had gone down the road thinking, yep. in case yep. I'm walking up the road or something, you yep. know. <clears throat> but, um, you know, it was just another one of those cases where, again, just shouldn't, you know, not that I'd gotten the buck or anything else, but I'd been able to stay on it another three hours or more, you know. Right. And you never know what could Yeah, with a, with a clear head, too. Right, not exactly. Like, yeah, thinking thinking just, back at the road. Right. When exactly. you have a time constraint, yeah. your head's not in it. Yeah. You're constantly just, uh, checking on the time. You know, and uh, it just – and actually, that that fellow is a good friend of mine for many, many, many years. And uh, that year, it was his last – he talked me into going back up to where I left the buck. He felt bad about right, you know, it wasn't his fault necessarily. And uh, so we did, but Mike was 10, 12 years older than me. And uh, it took a lot out of him to get up to where the buck, where I'd left the buck. And, you know, we tracked it for an hour and didn't have, you know, not even that long, probably before we had to turn around, head back. And uh, he fell two or three times coming back. We came back through a, well, you Stephen <laughs> yeah, the pixie it. sticks up uh, there. Yeah, a stinking ravine that's a uh, spruce ravine that's, uh, oh, it's a nightmare to go through. Blow down and, central. Yeah, and and uh, for whatever reason, it, it, <laughs> I had picked that way to come back, which was a mistake. But every time I looked around, poor Mike was bleeding from a different spot where, <laughs> you know, branch had whipped him and across the face or something and, and uh, he fell down twice and <laughs> and uh um and he made he made a, a bad decision that night and that um he was so tired he had unloaded his rifle but he had never taken the round out of the chamber and uh we drove all the way home back to camp at the time and he brought his rifle in set it down on the chair and i don't know what made me think about it but I, the bolt was closed you know he had a bolt action rifle and I opened it and slid it out and he had a shell in it you know and he was so tired and exhausted that he had you know made a you know nothing happened but it right you know the yeah, potential it's a was, near and, miss it, and he was a fellow who who didn't make those mistakes yeah otherwise you know and that was one of his last um, he went home the next day yeah it didn't sit well with him didn't sit well with him he knew he, he said, had, yeah, no you know, business being out had, here he had uh, kind of goofed up, you know, and uh, and he went home the next morning. Um, we did get his truck started, <laughs> fortunately, but then uh, I was able to hunt the rest of the, you know, hunted the rest of the week alone. But um, so so what what brought you out there? You're you're originally from this area. Yep, I grew up here in uh, hunting here in Vermont and. Uh, my dad is from Pennsylvania. He grew up as a uh, ward of the state of Pennsylvania as an orphan and um, grew up on a whole bunch of different farms. They used to, in the, in the 40s and 50s, they would, they would uh, the farmers would put in for kids in the spring for planting, for foster kids. Yep. And then when the planting was done, they shipped them back. You know? <laughs> so in the fall, the 
harvest would start, they'd put in for foster kids again, you know. And, the and, free uh, labor lease yeah. program. <clears throat> when he was 15, he left Pennsylvania and came. He had some brothers here in Vermont, and he came to Vermont. And some funny stories about him coming to Vermont, he tells. But uh, um, in the, I'm trying to think of when it was. In the early 80s, maybe, maybe mid-80s, we started going to Pennsylvania deer hunting. And I had hunted one year, that, that buck right there, um, I shot in 1982 in the Adirondacks. Um, gone over kind of on a fluke with my father-in-law and a whole bunch of other guys here from town. Ten of us go in the woods, and they'd all been there for a week. I'd been there for one day, and <laughs> I lucked into that buck. <laughs> but uh, um, I didn't get back there until the early 90s. But we hunted in Pennsylvania for 10 years. Had a lot of fun. You saw a lot of deer. You know, you would, <clears throat> I'd days you see 30 deer a day, you know. Um, shot a number of buck, but you know, small six-pointers and four-pointers and that sort of thing. Um, but it was like hunting in a pumpkin patch. There there were um, hunters everywhere. You know, you you didn't come out saying, did you see 100 today? It was... How many? You, yeah, did you see 25 or did you see 50? You know, it... it uh, um, and I wanted to do something uh, after 10 years of that. I, I just wanted to do something different and the opposite so I went started going back to the Adirondacks in uh in the early 90s I think it was and uh and it you know just you don't see hunters at all I can think of the hunters I've met in the woods out there in the last 30 plus years and count them on one hand you know you just you don't you don't meet people in the woods you know it's just it's too vast too too much land and too few hunters and um and that really settled with me i really like that yeah you know? so and yeah. the deer are 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 generally you know you can chance at a much better deer you know um out there than you you know i saw a couple of big deer shot in pennsylvania at that time not in our group we we probably shot 15 or 20 deer and the five or six or eight guys that went over a 10-year period. I don't think we ever shot anything bigger than a six-pointer. or I guess I got a seven-pointer up there. Uh, but, you know, 125 pounds was a yeah. pretty good deer, yeah. you know. Um, I guess they've come around, you know, they put the antler restriction on, and yeah. I guess that stays <clears throat> booming now. I yeah. mean, it's, mm -hmm. it's a lot kind of, of lot of difference. Kind of know. a hidden gem in the yeah. in the big woods down there, yeah. but and we were hunting uh, um, state game lands in farm country in mm -hmm. uh, Susquehanna and Bradford County. Um, we weren't hunting. I mean, uh, one of the game lands we hunted was five thousand acres, uh, you know, which is a good sized chunk of property, but there were roads through it and everything you didn't have you couldn't walk for a mile in a straight line without hitting some sort of a road or something you know um but like i said it it was just a lot of hunters and, and there's big woods in pennsylvania too we just that's oh, yeah. not where we happen to be you know um but hunting in the adirondacks was so an opposite thing um so much an opposite thing you're never going to see 25 deer in a day, but, you know, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but, um, but we got a lot better deer and, uh, had a much better hunting experience, I think. And not that I didn't enjoy hunting in Pennsylvania when we were doing it. I did. It was, 
you know, it was a good time. There was almost always two or three bucks at the end of the first or second day. But the other thing in Pennsylvania is after the second day, you would see deer, but <laughs> I don't think there was a whole lot of bucks left. You know, we shot a lot of yearling bucks, and they got hammered those first two days, you know. And, yeah. Uh, um, was it still a one-buck limit? Yeah, I believe it was. Um, yeah, we only ever went down for the – we would go down for a week. It was the week after Thanksgiving, I think. Um, rarely had snow where we were a couple of times, but mostly not. Um and like I said, it was a lot of fun because you'd see a lot of deer. Groups of 10 and 12 deer were not uncommon, you know. Um, but we just never never saw any. When you're, you're allowed to spotlight deer down there at night, yep. the farmer we'd stay with would take us out to spotlight deer. And you'd see some big deer when you were spotlighting deer, you know, some big racks. They were always on private farms and land that, you know, we didn't have Couldn't access to anything, for right? sure. Yeah, the state game lands uh, were where we had to kind of concentrate our efforts. And uh, I don't think the deer densities were any less than the farmlands or whatnot, but definitely the the quality of the deer was different, you know. So um, they just got hit real hard down there, really hard with hunters. And, you know, this is the way it was. Like I said, it was a good time while we did it, but... My father did it for another five or six, seven years after I quit going, and and he got some deer and, and enjoyed it, um, but it just wasn't for me anymore. Yeah. So. You've said in the past too that one of the draws for the Adirondacks was just having room to roam it and not run into not a run boundary into line you couldn't cross or you know, someone else's spot. Living or, here in southeastern Vermont, unless we go to the Green Mountain National Forest. You can't track a deer here, no. really. I mean, um, you can follow a few tracks, but you're... You're going to hit a yellow sign. You're yeah. going to hit a yellow sign, or you're going to hit somebody's backyard, or you're going to... It's just, you know, someplace you're not comfortable being, or or someplace you shouldn't be. Um, so out there, like Joey says, you <coughs> you just... You can roam. You can, you can do that. You can pick a spot and walk in a straight line farther than you could ever desire to walk in a day in a straight line you know um so that was one of the, certainly the biggest draw i think and there was a fellow here in camp who gave us free access to his camp that later on i wound up buying um so we had that you know uh, we had a place we could go and stay and and uh um which which made it attractive and like i said you could go miles in either direction from the camp and you always had a place to to go and be alone you know so yeah i think that's what that just drew me into it too was just the solitude yeah for sure i mean the success rate's super low yeah and there's only you know not to say it can't happen on crunchy snow but there's only if you had the whole season off you had every single day you ever wanted to hunt you're going to get three good days. That's yeah. about it. There's like one killing day and two that, yeah, we can It's we can still lingering. It's still kind of windy. Yeah. And, and uh, it's, you know. But it's just, like you said, it's just just the exploring. Yeah. I love to see new ground. I don't like the seasons where I don't have a deer yet. Yeah. And I yeah. still feel the pressure. But, yeah. you know, ideally, you know, that early New Hampshire archery season. Down I'm a couple of does or something. Yeah, and then go on like, doe okay. patrol and yeah. 
I'm fortunate right. enough now to have lived long enough where I don't have that pressure on. I don't put that yeah. pressure on myself. I just love the meat. I used to. Oh, I, I agree with you. I, I get that. And I used to put. Look at my freezer, Joe. Pressure. Pressure's uh, on. Yeah. Um, I used to put a lot of pressure on myself to, to have to get a deer, you know. And it was always a relief when I got a deer on the first weekend in Vermont because I knew, oh, headed for New York. At it's least like, we got oh, one in I the. I can breathe. Yeah. It doesn't bother me anymore. It, it really doesn't. And uh, I think that just comes with age and, you know. Having a doe in the freezer just makes me relax. Yeah. Like so much easier. <laughs> a couple of years ago, uh, I got I got lucky and harvested two buck, one here in Vermont and one in New York. My grandchildren are so into venison, it's not even funny, which is ironic because my kids ate it growing up because they always felt like they had to was what we ate, you know, what we had. But um, <laughs> I got a deer in in. Uh, New York, I think it was yep. first, and uh, brought it home, butchered it up, and everything. And uh, a little time went by, and I said to the wife, "Let's have some of that venison." She said, "Yeah, if there's any left." I haven't even tasted it yet. What do you mean, <laughs> if there's any left? There was none. The kids had come while I was off hunting and raided the freezer and uh, wiped it out. That deer in New York, I never got a, I never got a forkful of it. You know. <laughs> So the last day in Vermont, I shot a really nice buck, a really nice heavy buck. And Joey helped me, well, came over to help me drag it out, then realized we could actually get the hey, truck to it. you got a bar way at the other yeah. end of this field. Let's drive <laughs> to this thing. <laughs> yeah, I hadn't thought of that. It made things a lot easier. But anyways, cut that deer up. You know, you get a, a big deer that weighs 175 pounds. There's a lot of meat there, you yeah. know. And uh, I did get a forkful out of that but not a whole lot more than a forkful so the, the kids eat it uh which is good somebody's eating it so it doesn't you know yeah it's, it never uh, goes to waste never but. goes to waste i just think it's funny that that year i shot probably 300 pounds of venison on the hoof and <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I only got a couple of meals you know <laughs> you, you guys eat the heart my dad does i i don't personally i'm not uh, used to you know, uh used I to eat, love it it is yeah. good it is Do you, you ever pickled it? No. My dad pickles it. And uh, I'm not opposed to that. Yeah. And uh, But we used to eat the livers a lot, too, until they told us it's not a good idea with older deer, you know? Yeah. Yeah, the liver, even though, I mean, they're they're not eating any sort of toxic anything. No, but, but they say the But just the idea of a liver, is, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they say the mercury I've never even tasted it, so I don't know. They say the mercury builds up in it. So let's say yeah. a young deer is fine, but an older right. deer, you know, it well, filters toxins, you know. So, right. Um, but we always, you always carried a plastic garbage bag in your, when I, you know, when I was a kid in Vermont, because yeah. you always brought the liver out. And uh, um, that was the only thing you could eat right off that night, you know. Um, so Yeah, and the higher you can kind of just cut it off and then just, Keep it up in the deer yep. until you weigh it. Yeah. Pull it out, weigh it, put yep. it back in, bring yep. it home. Yeah. It's yep. kind of its own storage. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. Well. Guys used to leave lungs and heart yeah. still attached up in. It's like, well, it's not really clean dressed. Yeah. But the, I, you know, if I was eat the heart, I would do that to. Oh, yeah, because it, it's easy. It's I don't want to drag any more weight than I have to. You yeah, know? absolutely. One of the fortunate things in the Adirondacks that we 
can't really do here is you can process them in the woods yep. yeah you, you know to an extent out. and pack them out um and i've done that a couple of times and that really um it's really uh, you, when you get it down you can do it in 45 minutes or an hour you know and uh open the hide up and the deer's green it skins really easy and and just cut all the meat off and the first time i did it i didn't have a, a contractor trash bag with me and i put all the meat in the hide and pulled the hide up tied it all up and uh with mason line and uh i had to stop a few times dragging it out because you'd find a tuck a back strap back in <laughs> but um man it's got light get back yeah. to the truck you're missing a hindquarter <laughs> yeah well now i carry a contractor trash bag and the second time we had to do it twice and the second time i did it um it was a lot easier to just put all the meat in the trash bag you know zip tie the trash bag shut and then pull the hide over the top of the trash bag and you know and, and pull it all up and then you got a ball you're pulling the head and the horns and a and a ball you know and, yeah uh, which uh, goes goes good on snow it goes real yeah. good on snow yeah exactly so but um have you got a chance to weigh any of them out there what was your biggest I've one? I've weighed a lot of them out there. That one right there, uh, we weigh. I shot that on a Saturday morning, and we didn't weigh it till Monday night, and it weighed 198. Um, That's a good buck out there. Yeah. Yeah, that is. That one, that other one over there, the nine-pointer, weighed 186. Um, Joey. That eight-pointer right there to the left of your um, heaviest one from New York, that was 185, wasn't it? Yes. The one that says 2013. Yep. yep. Joey and I shot bucks on the same day out there. Um, the classic Brian gets an eight, I shoot a five yeah. story. <laughs> We've done that three times. Yeah, the one right next to it. Yeah, that, that's right. Or, uh, um, I'm sorry, one, one further over yep. the 206-pound yep. one from yep. Vermont. We yep. both got that those deer on the same day. Yeah. I shot first, shot yep. a five-pointer, told Brian. He said, now I know what I got to beat. And, <laughs> and he did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that was a that was a funny story on that uh, that 185 pound one there that eight pointer oh the, yeah the that a good one <laughs> all the way to the right on the top that uh, Joey and Stephen had gotten out of camp ahead of me and headed down the road and uh, trying to steal all the good tracks and so I was following them in the road it was still dark you know. And uh, I came across this track in the road, and I see they had stopped to, to look at it. And I get out and looked at it. I said, boy, that's a hell of a nice track. I'd, uh, I don't know why they didn't take that one, you know. It, it was still dark, so, but uh, why they didn't sit on that and then, then take that one. Well, I went a f another mile down. They've written in the snow beside it, <laughs> we're coming back. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. So I'm going to go down the road and see that note on every track I see going down. Well, I got a mile further down the road and came up behind them. They were parked out of their trucks looking at a track. So I pulled up behind them and walked up and said, uh, I think you guys are nuts. I, I would have tracked that first one. That was a hell of a nice buck. And they said, yeah, we think we're going to go back to that. And uh, I said, it was, a, it was a dandy, you know. And uh, so they got back in their truck and turned around and headed back. And, and I thought, well, what the hell were they looking at, you know? So I walked over and looked and said, geez, that's a nice buck too. I think I'll take that one. 
And that's the one I shot right there. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> Ours was long stepping and went down, took us on a big hiatus out and around, and then crossed a river we couldn't get across. We, yeah. were, we were walking back to the truck on the road when we started hearing the shooting going on for that one up on the mountaintop. <laughs> and uh, so they always say I talked him off of the buck, but uh, it, uh, it was kind of funny. He did a good job. We had no idea he was pulling that kind of shenanigan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, uh, but then they they went down the road and wound up shooting a, a nice buck uh same day I, I i got that one back to camp and hung it up and it was only like three thirty in the afternoon and i said well they'll be in by five thirty or 6 I'll, I'll have dinner all ready for them you know and uh but i said i got time to have dinner ready and i got time to take a nap first you know <laughs> So I laid down on my bunk, and I had no sooner laid down, and I heard them pull in and jump up on the porch, and they're looking at the deer I had hang up. So I jumped up and went out, and they were congratulating me and everything, nice deer and everything. It's still daylight. I'm thinking to myself, the hell are you guys doing back? It's still daylight. And it dawned on me, <laughs> they got one too. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, uh, I told them, I said, Stephen said, uh, what he say? He says, we heard you shoot three times. And I said, oh, nuts. I said, I got to come up with a different story. I was going to tell you I only shot once. <laughs> <laughs> the story I was going to tell only involved one shot. But What do you shoot for a rifle? A uh, bunch of different ones. Right now, Joey's got me on. Uh, he bought the uh, the 7600 a couple of years ago and, and in 30-06, and I... Before you had to finance one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Before, yes. Actually, the year before, yeah. yep. you had to finance one. And he brought it into work and was showing, geez, I really got that. I had one in 308 many, many years ago. I inherited it from my father-in-law when he passed away. And I loaned it to another family member, and it never came back. But that's another story. But anyways, I really got to liking looking at his. I'm left-handed, so I'd have to switch the safety and stuff, you know. I got looking on Gunbroker, and uh, I don't know how many you think I bid on, Joey. <laughs> a pile of them. He <laughs> I, came into work one day. He's like, "Man, if I win all these bids, I'm gonna have a dozen of these friggin' things." <laughs> and uh, it got a little scary there at one point, where I was hoping I wouldn't yeah, win. Yeah, but a me. dozen of them would be like five grand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And now uh, you got to buy one for eighteen hundred. Yeah. Yep. Well, I wound up finding a uh, Remington '76 Sportsman, which is the '76 hundred in a plain Jane version that they made in 83, 84, and 85, I think. And I found it brand new in the box. I think it came from Texas. Yep. Um, in a rifle version, 22-inch barrel. Yep. And I think I bought that for $400, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, $400. It uh, looked like a brand new rifle. Yeah. It showed up. It was like... it's. I don't wow. think it had ever been fired, you know. And, uh, and I wound up cutting the barrel off it. Um, this was right as COVID hit, and uh, I had a gunsmith lined up, and then, you know, you couldn't go into the shops and everything, so I wound up cutting it off with a hacksaw myself. Um, Perfect crown, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I recrowned it um, with a with a brass screw and some grinding compound, you know, and... Uh, the way the professionals do it. Yeah, the yep. way the professionals brass screw, do it. Brass screw, lapping yep. compound. Yeah. Here we and, go. Uh, I hadn't shot the rifle before, so I didn't know how it would shoot. But when I took it down to the club and shot the thing, um, Joey will tell you, 
it shoots it a shoot nice a quarter group. three times. You can put three and a quarter at 100 yards, you know, benched. Uh, like, well, I don't know what it shot like before, but it shoots pretty good right now. Yep. So, and uh, huh. so it uh, it's one of the best shooting, better shooting rifles I've I own. Um, but but I've used a bunch of different uh, rifles over the years. I had a Remington or a Ruger, Ruger uh, yep. 77. They made the they were one of the first ones to make a left-handed bolt action, so I had one of those. And it was a nice rifle, and I shot a lot of the deer up there on the wall with it. But it gave me a little grief a few times, and uh, um, had some hang fire. I had some with hang it. fires with it. I had a with a rifle. Yeah, yeah, twice. How long would it hang? Oh, long enough to start to get it down from your shoulder. Really? Yeah. Yep. That's yep. scary. Yeah. And I uh, had to send it back. And uh, then I had uh, had a firing pin break on it. Yep. Right? That that real tight racked buck up there. Um, Straight up from the earmuffs on the top. Yeah, gotcha, yeah. Yeah, on the top. I pulled the trigger on that buck eight What's times. A seven with no brows? Yep. Uh, it's an eight, I think. I think there is a brow tie on oh, it. Oh, I can't. Yeah, it's I can't got see one it. little kicker. Uh, it's got a two points broken off of it. Um, it had a one of its G2s forked in the rear and it split it right out and there's another i think a brow time broke off but anyways i pulled the trigger on that deer eight times tracked him on the snow gun only went off three of the eight times and uh if i'd have realized i thought i had bad ammo at the time you know of course yeah well you wouldn't think with a rifle you wouldn't think and of course every time i was ejecting a shell to get another one in quick they were flying off in the snow you know so i wasn't finding them and i ran out of ammo um I missed him, or I, the gun didn't go off with the first shot. And uh, when he was standing there broadside, he jumped up from behind a Christmas tree and stood there looking at me. Click. Click. And then he took off and ran down into a sag. And as he came up the other side, I got on him again and I shot. And I was really pretty confident I'd hit him in the midsection with that one. I think I was slightly behind, and it turned out I was. But um, it did go off that time. And over the course of the next hour and a half, I caught up to him about four times. Click, 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 bang. And I took some, took a groove off the top of his rump with one with a lot of hair, but no, no blood, just gave my hair cut. And uh, the last shell I had in the gun, he was standing on the edge of a river and uh, just looking back at me. He was pretty sick at that point. But uh, I squeezed the trigger and it just went click again. And uh, he jumped into the river, and I watched him swim down the river right around a corner in the middle of the river, and uh, right out of sight. I thought that was a pretty sick feeling. It was the last day of the season, and uh, probably at that point, it might have been 11 o'clock in the morning. And uh, long story short, I wound up following that side of the river probably a mile to where it linked into another river that I won't say the name of. <laughs> and uh, he hadn't Forgotten come out. Brook. Yeah. And uh, he didn't come out on that side. So I, How'd you know? <laughs> <laughs> went all the way back to my truck where I thought I had another box of ammunition. It turned out I didn't. I'd left it in my pack in the camp. And uh, so the funny thing is I had been seeing another Vermont truck in there all week. And it was a group of guys from Fairhaven, Vermont. Nice group of guys. And 
hadn't talked to them, hadn't met them, nothing. But I had passed their truck a couple of times. So I, it was the very first year with a GPS. So when that deer went in the brook, uh, river, I had marked it with a GPS. And I got around to the other side, and there was a road a half mile away, Forest Service Road, and I was able to go down the road. And as soon as I get as close as I could to, to where they went in the water with the GPS, I parked and went in. But in between that, I ran into those guys on the road. Um, there was a guy sitting in a pickup. He was just sitting there, and I pulled over and asked if they had any 270 shells. <laughs> and uh, nope, they all had radios, and he, nobody was hunting with a 270. It's my luck, you know. But anyway, so I went on and I parked and, and went in. Long story short, um, the deer had come out on the other side. I followed it maybe a quarter mile down down the river from where he went in on the other side. And he had died right there, and I, right next to the brook. So I found him all's well, you know, that ends well. And I just gotten him dressed off, and all of a sudden there was a guy behind me asking, did you find him? Jeez, I, I was surprised. I turned around, it was one of those guys from uh, Fairhaven. And I said, yeah, I got him right here. And uh, it was a hell of a good group of guys. They were bringing me in a rifle. And, uh, wow. Yeah, just a good, never met these guys before in my life. Uh, Ron and Chris Adams, were who they were, father and son team with some other friends of theirs. And, uh, you know, they were just coming in to help. They, and uh, they helped me drag it all out and everything. We got about halfway out. We stopped, take a breather. And... Uh, <laughs> The Chris, I remember Chris Adams saying to me, he said, I thought you were out of ammo. He says, I am. What are you lugging your rifle for? <laughs> All I could say is I got no idea. You know, when I left the truck, yeah, just you don't leave the truck without your rifle, yeah. right? I mean, force a habit, right force there. a habit, you know, and uh, it's true, yeah, yeah. So, uh, and I it probably didn't dawn on you to that moment. Not I don't until, know why. <laughs> not until that moment. He said, you know, what do you In case I had to beat it to for? death. Yeah. <laughs> you don't see the bayonet lug on the yeah. front of this thing? <laughs> <laughs> I remember thinking to him, thinking, you know, that's, that's, I got no idea why I'm carrying this rifle, you know? And, uh, but anyways, it all ended all right. And, uh, but I had to send that, hit a broke firing pin. And uh, I had to send it back to Ruger. They fixed it for free even after it had a rifle for 10 or 12 years. They were great, I want to say that. Took it right up to Newport. Um, but the uh, the last time it hang fired, and I missed two bucks in one day. Yep. And uh, hang fired both times. And uh, I got that Now, fixed. what would cause that in a rifle? Well, supposedly I had been over-oiling it. Because it's just the it. pin it, shooting um, forward. I had taken it to Mike Theodoreau, who was a gunsmith down in Brattleboro. And uh, I'd been in the Adirondacks a lot that year and uh, gotten the, uh, I'd been over-oiling the bolt and it had gotten, gotten sludgy in there and had a lot of uh, spruce needles and stuff in there. And evidently in the super cold, which it was early in the morning yeah. and the early in the evening, it had gotten stiff enough that it it wasn't letting the, the spring had gotten weak enough that it wouldn't let it spring forward for a few seconds because I took it out in the middle of the oh, day. Oh, so it's hanging in the it's trigger. It's hanging in the trigger. Gotcha. Yeah. In the you know the sear and the firing yeah. pin, that yep. whole free breaking release wasn't occurring. It was like 
Uh, I think I can. Yep, I'm going. I took it out in the middle of the day and shot <laughs> a half a box of shells through it, and it worked perfect. You know. Yeah. So I thought, okay, that was just a freak thing. Stephen had the same thing happen with his Remington. That's right. And he blamed me for the trigger yeah. job I did on it. Yep. <laughs> but later on that evening, that afternoon, I had another buck come in and had the same doggone thing happen. You know, and uh, you know that that was the last year. That was the last day with that rifle. Yep, you sent that one down yeah, the road. I got it fixed. Took it to Mike the other He told me what the problem was. Some of my own making, maybe you could say. But uh, but you know you lose confidence in a rifle, and and that's that. And, uh, yeah. Ship it. I shipped that one. Yep. <clears throat> like thirty thirty. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, be funny. <laughs> yep. I, my I first started hunting, you know, back in the seventies with a thirty thirty, and. Uh, and Joey and Steven were hunting out in the Adirondacks with them and shooting some bucks and stuff. And I said, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to pick up a 3030 again. So I bought another one off gun broker and. You kind of built that gun yeah, too. You've yeah, done some nice a, work on the stock. Put a long barrel on it, put a crescent butt plate stock on it and stuff, you know, and it's been all winter putting a boiled linseed oil finish on the, I don't know if you've ever finished a stock with boiled linseed oil, but it's a. I've seen them. But. It's a very long and time-consuming process because the oil dries so slowly, you know. But it um, took me all winter to get about 16 or 18 coats on it. And uh, and then used it that next year and had a great year, shot three bucks in three states and only hunted three days. You know, it's way different than my experience. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Yeah, that one, right, the... The one that we were talking about when you first got here, Jason, that was shot with that thirty. Yeah, that yeah. ten pointer was shot with a, with a thirty thirty. Though I can't see. I thought they just wounded squirrels. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't say it was one shot though. Um, yeah, I think I shot nine times with that buck overall, but that wasn't the gun's <laughs> fault. <laughs> but speaking yeah. of, of Rugers and and being lefty. I don't know if you can see it. I, I, I haven't watched that moose film in a while, but that's what Lee Shans used mm -hmm. was a Ruger bolt action. He's a lefty. He's a right-handed bolt. Oh, yeah. It's in 35 way one. I, I, I think it's a – I forget the model, but it's chambered in 35 way one. But, yeah, right-handed everything. So he <laughs> shoot and then pull the gun like this, rack another <laughs> one, put it back up. Yeah. But, you know, moose hunting, you got time. Yeah. You know, it's not like a deer that's mm. – Cause that's what I thought when we came around the corner, we saw that bull. I'm like freaking out, like shoot, shoot, shoot. He's turning around. Chris, what's it look like? Is it good? You think it's good? like shoot? <laughs> like no, a moose just stand there. Yeah. He told me afterward, like after I'm like, I'd have been shooting. He goes, you got all the time in the world. He's like, they can't even see us. He's that's like, crazy. they're practically blind. That's crazy. We're a hundred yards away or eighty yards away or whatever. I'm sitting like. Freaking out like this is gonna get by us. I forgot to put the 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 leg of the monopod down, so when he shot, I like, flinched at it. You know, he's like, yeah, he's like, it's not like tracking a buck. He's like, those things are just kind of staying there. But crazy, boy! If only deer hunting was that easy, huh? <laughs> that wouldn't be not fun. that moose hunting is easy. It certainly yeah. isn't. But. No. 
But man, what I wouldn't give to have one stand there for like two seconds, mm-hmm. one time. Two seconds would be an eternity. Yeah. yeah. Have all the time in the world. Okay, here we go. Done. Well, That'd be the day I forgot to take the safety off. Yep. <laughs> That'd be the day my scope was fogged or something. Do you, you run scopes on your guns? I do. Yeah, I don't think I'd be very successful without one. I shot my first couple of buck with a with a thirty thirty Winchester with uh, open sights. Yeah. You know, back in the uh, back in the late seventies and early eighties. <clears throat> but then uh, when I got out of high school, I bought a uh, a Marlin thirty thirty. Yeah. Um, kind of had a long barrel, a twenty two inch barrel, I think, and a half magazine. It's kind of a unique rifle. Wished I still had it actually. Um, and I put a scope on that. That was, the, I think, the first scope I had. Uh, just a four-power Bushnell scope, I think. But uh, um, the distances we that I've shot some deer in the Adirondacks, um, I'm not so sure I'd have got some of those if I'd have been shooting open sight. You know, a few. I've shot a few deer over 150 yards out there in yeah. some open hardwood. You know, yeah, and, a different uh, deal out there. It. Um, you know, I watch, it can be in certain spots, for yeah, sure. I watch Old some growth. of those guys in yep. Maine, you know, and, and I can understand, you know, they're shooting deer from, you know, 10 to 75 yards, you know. and Yeah, and 75 would be a poke. Yeah. You're and, shooting through stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> You're to 75. Yeah. And, in the, and not that there isn't thick stuff in the Adirondacks. There certainly is. But there's some hardwoods that you could, you know, that, you shoot as far as certainly as far as I'm comfortable shooting, you know. Yeah, definitely. Um, through, I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, how long it's been since they've done major logging in the area yeah. that we hunt. Yeah, Adirondacks, anyways. Of course, but, where we hunt, it's forever wild, so there, there, there is no, um, no logging. You said there is logging out there. There is in There's spots. In certain areas. Yeah. Yep. We got into some, oh, what the heck was the name of that paper company or timber company? Adir- Lime Adirondack Timber Company. And, you know, one of those years where we had bare ground, we ended up reaching out, trying to find a new spot and um, having two loggers for brothers worked out really well. They had some connections, got a hold of a timber company that had some land that was actively logged. That's where we went. What are the chances of them knowing those? I mean, crazy, freaky. Yeah, it was crazy. Mm -hmm. We were just riding around. Stephen goes, actually, I think one of the guys from our company is involved in the timber company out here. We could probably find out. (laughs) Yeah, it's right down the road. Like, come seriously? All right, sweet. Well, but. So was there a point where, you know, you said you kind of fumbled around with it for a while. Was there like a defining point where you're like, okay, I kind of get it now? Um, I don't know as I've reached that point yet. <laughs> well, it looks like you have. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, for every one that's up on that wall, there's five or six that I didn't, oh, yeah. you know, that I of missed, course. likely missed, you know. Um Joey and his brothers give me a lot of grief because they've 
heard me shoot over the years. It doesn't really always mean much, you know. Oh yeah. And uh, um, you know, when you're, it, it's, you know, as a hunter education instructor for years, and uh, you know, you always you teach, you know, get a good shot and all that. But you know as well as I, if you're tracking a buck, you're jump shooting. That's yeah. a reality. It's of the name what, of the game. It's the name of it, you know. And uh, and if you're really good at that. I think if you watch some of the videos Lanny Bonoit put out early, he's really good at that. Yeah, you know, really good, really good. You know, and uh, um, and I think with me, it's just it's uh, I'm not, so it's a law of averages. I get enough enough lead downrange at one, you get you get one to connect. You know, um, but it's it's so to say I've you know mastered it. No, I don't think so. Well, know? I mean, just just like started to put stuff together like okay this means he's he's feeding he's gonna bed yeah this, i this you know um i figured that part out um pretty pretty early on you know when when they start to meander you know after after you you don't slow down and you and you see a tails five or six times in one year or in three or four day period you kind of say okay <laughs> when i see this i gotta slow down you know and uh um, so I think I, I was probably the trial and error for me was, was a lot. And I, you know, we still bump them occasionally or always bumping them, but, yeah. uh, um, you know, I, I put up a lot more deer than, you know, find their beds than I do their, see them, you know, just, uh, but, um, so I can't say there was a point when I. I'm a YouTube fan. I watch, you know, Jeff Doyle's videos and, and Rodney Elmer's and all those guys, you know, and uh, um, I think they probably take a lot more of a scientific approach to it than than I do. Um, I just follow tracks, you know, and uh, sometimes it works and a lot of times it doesn't. You <laughs> That's <know>? right. <laughs> That's uh, what makes it fun. Yep. Brian's also got this uncanny knack for landing where the deer are and i don't know if it's a sixth sense that he's not even aware of <laughs> i mean i can think of a, a million times when brian's been like yeah i went up into here and saw Stephen like you're seeing deer <laughs> like we'll be out there at bear ground or something foolish and we took that week off and we're stuck with what we've got and we're coming back Man, we covered like 12 miles today. I didn't see a single thing. Brian's like, well, I took a poke up in here and saw a couple doe and this and that. And we're like, how the hell does he always gravitate <laughs> towards these deer? And I'm, some of it's definitely experience yeah. for sure. Some of it's being through those areas before, you know, and kind of knowing you. Yeah, that's just between someone who's not and you guys are new. Yeah, yeah it, yeah. it, and. You know, it doesn't you, sound you, like he's giving you any spots. <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> well, you build, you know, after even tracking or hunting bear ground, you build a repertoire of places that, especially your bear ground, you know, you got, well, at least you, you know where you might go to at least maybe get an opportunity at yep. seeing a deer, you know. Um, and you, you tend to gravitate back towards those places where, you know, well, there was always a doe group in this area and this area might be a large section of wood right. lot you know but um at least you're in an area where you ever 
you, you feel good about possibly seeing something, you know. And uh, and I have been really lucky a couple of years ago when we couldn't find anything on the road, and I happened to meet you guys again. They had got out and ahead of me and traveled the whole road. And Which we tried to do. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, Any advantage we can get. And they were they were coming back, and I met them, and I had this one spot where I had taken a deer some years before, and I said, I'm just going to park there and, and head south, you know. And uh, I didn't go a quarter mile and cut track of a nice buck, you know. And um, these guys were a mile away, and I don't think I was on that deer for, what, less than a half an hour, yep. and it jumped up behind a Christmas tree, you know. And, uh, well, long story short, I thought I'd I stood there and gave me two good shots, and I was sure I had hit that deer. I was so sure that I started videoing, saying, "Well, I just shot a deer, and I'm gonna video, oh. video the recovery." Cardinal sin. Yeah, big jinx, right? Yeah, big jinx. <laughs> Don't tell him what the rifle was either. Yeah, that was the thirty thirty. That was that same one that had treated me so well the year before. And this year, long story short, though, they. What did you real quick? What did you shoot at it? For ammo out of that thirty thirty. One hundred and fifty grain Federal the blue box Federal blue box. Gotcha. Yeah. Yep. And uh, power shock or whatever. Yeah, and it are. it's a good shooting rifle. I I was shooting through that Christmas tree that I could see the silhouette of the deer through, just fine. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't know I don't know what happened with mine. It is that core lock stuff, which I've I've heard. People praise it, and I've heard people say that's the worst ammunition they ever made. That's what I'm shooting through my Remington right now. Yep. Is yeah. the core locks what shoots the best? You know, the the, the trick is you got to get the. It was 170 into grain too, yeah. and it w it wouldn't go through that deer's shoulder. It deflected, really? it deflected, came out of the shoulder and re-entered into its lower belly. Wow! And he was okay. quartering to me, um, fairly hard, but wide open, 50 yards. Yeah, that's I don't, and I, I got multiple people. Like my shot placement was perfect. I aimed right for his front shoulder. I figured he'd go through it. Yeah, at why, that why yardage, it? <laughs> and I hit it perfectly. But just whatever. I chased that buck for the rest of that day and half of the next day. Finally killed him. But oh no, kidding! Like there's two of them there. See both of them. Yeah. When did that in. come in? Just, just now. now. <laughs> just now. Yeah. We got bears. Bears and it's bear season right now. Yeah. There's two of them there. Yeah. That's cool. Don't look like very big ones, but yeah. But um, you know, back to that story. I was 300 yards on that deer before I realized I, I didn't hit this deer. You know, I I was a hundred percent convinced. That deer was going to be dead within the next hundred yards, and uh, long story. Delete short, that video. <laughs> yep, I did. I deleted that. I stopped. Took a break. And, yeah, we're going to delete that. <clears throat> and uh, long story short, I wound up following that deer all the all the next uh, all the rest of that day. Mm -hmm. And uh, well, I got a couple more cracks at him later, but that's another story. <laughs> but. <laughs> but uh, Joey and Stephen went back in to help me the next day and got into some rugged country. And long story short, didn't get that deer. But yeah. But um, and that's uh, that was the last. That was know, the that last, was last time raw. I that that uh, thirty thirty goes as my my uh, backup gun. But yeah. uh, 
it uh um i stopped using it after that uh still a nice gun it still shoots really well but uh they're just gonna hang out in front of that camera and keep i guess that's what he's getting he's getting texted cell cam pictures right now yeah two bears i can't tell whether it's a actually i think it's three bears (laughs) it must be a sow and two cubs but uh Mom and the kids going uh, out for dinner. I don't know what I'm going to do this year. I've decided I I, I shouldn't be hunting with that that Whalen because it's way too pretty of a gun to be thrashing on a buck track. And they're worth so much. You got is the seventy six hundred. Yeah, but it's a limited edition. Big, yeah, it's big so worth box so, one. Yeah, they're worth so much now. <laughs> you, and it's like scared to take it in the woods. I I, I haven't <clears> showed <throat> you, but it's the stock's curly walnut. Ooh. Oh man, and it's it's. Like the, it's, I I can't, I I've it's got a couple little dings in it because I I have hunted with it. It's probably got, it's probably got a hundred rounds through it, but I mean it it still looks yeah very good. There's minimal damage, but I I'm like I can't keep. I don't want to sell it just yet because I got. What I need to do is find a 35 whaling in like a synthetic stock because yeah. I got like 300 rounds, you know. I was worried they're never going to make this ammunition anymore. Mm-hmm. I started buying yeah. it everywhere I saw it, which is part of the problem. Yeah, we all did the <laughs> yeah. same thing. But, yeah. but with that, with that caliber in particular, like yeah. that's a, that's not a no, popular yeah, round. A little bit of an yeah. oddity, you yeah. know. And so I, whatever I, I stocked up, and uh, at fifty dollars a box, that yeah, that wasn't cheap. But yeah, that's the one beauty so about that. 76 sportsman i bought it's just got a birch stock on it yeah kind of i mean it's plain there's no checkering on it um it's perfect for doing that it is thrashing through the woods i don't uh you know yeah it's got all the features of a 7600 right with a little less shine and right glimmer to it and uh um you know joey and i were joking when i got it i was going to try and find a set of walnut stocks for it and stuff I don't. Why bother? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Why I don't? It. Uh, it's got sentimental value. It would mean right. nothing to the next guy. Right. But. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And uh, so I think I'm gonna run it just the way it is. I got to where I really kind of like it. I reverse the safety on it, so it's a left-handed safety. Um. Comes up well, and um, you know, it shoots really, really well, um, which is a shocker for the way i treated it you know cutting the barrel off with a hacksaw and whatnot. <laughs> but uh, it didn't hurt it any that's nope. how that's how woodman makes all those muzzle loaders yep hacksaw hacksaw <laughs> angle grinder yeah hammer down boys uh, i got a my girlfriend inherited a a savage uh model 11 bolt action in 308 I'm thinking about just running that this year, but I don't, the stock's too freaking long. Like yeah. even in just my t-shirt, if yeah. I quick draw it, it'll hang. Yeah. Hooks up. And I'm like, this ain't going to work. On. Yeah. So I've been, I, uh, the I guess the gun, the guy from Savage, cause I, I looked online, looked online. I couldn't find a youth stock anywhere. I mean, I'm five foot six. I might as well have a youth stock mm-hmm. on everything, mm-hmm. but couldn't find one. I emailed Savage. The guy said, the gun's too old. Like, we're not going to have anything. I guess it's a 2007 or 8 or something. He could tell by the serial mm-hmm. number. He suggested Boyd's gun stock, so I went on yeah. there. And they said, 
They don't have any youth stocks right now. The shortest that they're going to have is a 12.5 LOP, and I haven't measured what that one is. Mm -hmm. I know the stock itself is like 22-something inches. It's probably got a 13 and change Mm -hmm. on it, would be my guess. Which even just taking an inch off it, and it's it's a synthetic stock. I mean, I guess I could cut it. I mean, it's not there's yeah, a I don't know terrible could, recoil you, on a 308. Yeah, but right. Are you going to be able to put the butt pad back on? No, it I'd have to. Have, I'd have to rig something up. Yeah, yeah. It wouldn't look very pretty, but yeah. again, it's just to you know, yep. put a low power scope on it and might have you do the barrel work. It's got a lot. Yeah, barrel no. <laughs> I don't think you want to have me do any of the barrel work. These guys were, they were cringing when I, I was sending them videos. I was gonna have Woodman do it, but yeah. you're closer. They were they were cringing when I was sending them videos of the hacksaw halfway through it, you know. It's like, you know. oh, he's doing it. He's yeah. really doing it. <laughs> he's got his gun in the vice. He's sawing the barrel off. But uh, like I said, it didn't hurt the – when I took it down to the, the sportsman there to shoot it, you know, they have that uh, free shooting uh, sighting in day. And there's, you know, a couple of fellas there that, that help you. They, they uh, you know, spot yeah, for you and everything, you know, and – I remember the one fellow looking at it and says, huh, did you cut that barrel off yourself? And I said, uh, yeah, you know, I did. And he goes, huh. And then after it shot, he says, well, you didn't hurt it any. <laughs> yeah. Know? So, um, but he he joked. He says, imagine well, how that would have shot if you'd left the barrel at 22 inches. You know, <laughs> I never shot it with a barrel so before I cut it. So, but Yeah, but uh, you unless you're that, shooting way long range, yeah, that yeah, exactly. four There's, inches ain't going to matter. You see that? Eight pointer up there where the skulls a little busted up and epoxied together, with the red writing. Yep, with the red yep. writing on it. You see the hole in the center, just to the right of center. <laughs> yeah, that's that rifle. Yeah, there was about four minutes left in the season, and all I could see was that deer's horns and face. What do you do from sixty-five yards offhand? Shoot him in the head. Shoot him in the head. <laughs> he did. I could do get it's a lethal say. shot. Yeah. Well, I got to tell you, there's nobody more surprised than me when I got up over the and he was down. <laughs> you know, just his tail was twitching. It's joy, I did hit him. Um, but yeah, so you know, the rifle can do. People it. say that's unethical. I don't know what's unethical about it. Uh, that's the quickest kill you could ever. You're either gonna get him or you're not. Yeah. You know, all I could see was that deer's face and those horns. And I literally, I had just checked my watch. It was less than five minutes in the season left. And yeah. what are you going to do? You, yeah. don't, you don't have tomorrow to go after him. Nobody uh, complains about a coyote's ethics yeah. on their hunts. That's true. This guy's hunting them at night. Oh, no, I mean the coyote itself, the way yeah. a coyote goes about yeah. hunting. Oh, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, so. And like I said, that deer, last thing it ever saw was a bright light. Yep. That was it, you know. Um, Probably didn't even see that. Bullets going so fast. Yeah, yeah. But. Yep. Yeah, there's some bones on the wall up there. Have you ever hunted over in the Adirondacks? I never have. I want to. Yeah. You should. Yeah, there's a lot of nice. I've hunted. Oh, not quite. I've. My fair share in the national forests. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which, it's similar. Which is know? similar. Yeah, mm-hmm. similar it's country. Similar. Yeah, well, and, they uh, like the ferns. Yeah. The beauty of the Adirondacks, you can, you know, you can be in a spruce swamp all day long if that's what you want, or, 
you can be on some nice hardwood side hills and, and mountains with, you know, spruce tops and um, uh, it, there's a lot of varied terrain. You know, you can, you can hunt that, that deer we were talking about earlier that Joey and Steven uh, heard me shoot. He, I probably picked that deer up at 1,500 feet in elevation mm-hmm. and shot him at 3,500 feet. Yeah. You know, um, and I mean, no kidding. That, you know, probably 2,000 feet in difference yep. there in the course of a mile, you know, as a crow flies. Uh, it was, of course, a long, lot longer tracking him. But um, so you have that, you know, that varied terrain. Um, I watch a lot of the videos on YouTube there, the guys hunting in Maine and stuff, you know. And, of course, it's hard to get perspective on elevation sometimes. But, you know, they do a panoramic view. And I'm thinking, boy, that's just rolling hills. You yeah. Know? <laughs> that's not. Uh, it's a There's little... some steep spots. I oh, mean, yeah. When we were up sure there, is. it's. There's definitely mountains there, mm-hmm. but um, once you get kind of north of Jackman and you know up that like Canada mm-hmm. corridor, kind of becomes more mountainous. Well, it's it, less mountainous. Less you're you're kind of coming out of the <clears throat> Appalachians. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, the Adirondacks is kind of right in the heart. Well, not the heart of it, but. They head up through there, you know. The nice thing about the Adirondacks is you're very seldom cut off by somebody else unless yeah. they're a member of your own hunting yeah. party. Yeah. <laughs> I did that it's to Jordan one time. <laughs> Total accident. Yeah. But they spent a couple hours on a buck only to find Brian's boot tracks. <laughs> yeah, but you had to cross a river. Yeah, we wouldn't have done did. that. So yeah, I got wet that day. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> they... I came up behind them. They were looking at this track in the road. Boy, it was a nice track going to the south. And I made a loop way down the road and down in, went in around this pond that we hunt. And I cut this track coming from the south. Well, they were tracking one that was moving south. This buck was coming from the south. I just assumed it was a different buck. Unbeknownst to me, we had just missed one another. I had walked out this trail and... and walked back a half hour later and the track was in the trail it wasn't there when i walked out you know so i jumped right on it and <laughs> didn't realize it was the same buck they were on he'd uh, done a big swing to the south of the pond and wind checked a, a real thick side hill yep and then didn't find anything he wanted and continued back north on his venture and brian just happened to pick him up mm-hmm. oh. but but he crossed a river that day that i probably shouldn't have crossed and did and got real wet but had a pair of boots that didn't dry out for a week you know (laughs) yeah but that was one i jumped him but but didn't get a crack at him he'd soaked both of us i that's right i came up a foot short (laughs) jumping across a three foot deep brook and went right up to my waist in that Uh steven was laughing but do they get a I know parts of the Adirondacks get some of that lake effect snow. Um, yeah, that's uh, we have we hunt kind of the central Adirondacks yeah. and not like uh, the Tug Hill Plateau or or the the uh, western side of the Adirondacks. Um, Are there more hunters over there for that reason, or or do you know? I don't know, to be honest with you. I don't know. Um, 
the areas that we tend to hunt have plenty of hunters. I mean, you certainly see. Yeah, there's some, there's you, quite you a know, few guys out there. Um, you'll see, you know, trucks parked side the road, and and uh, one ironic thing, this road that um, that we Forest Service road that we drive in and out on. I went over one one year. Uh, it was our muzzleloader season. It was the last week of the season over there. So our regular rifle season had closed. And I drove out that road, and I'd been there for a week, the week of Thanksgiving. I'd seen a few trucks parked beside the road and stuff, but not a lot of hunters, you know. But I drove out the road that that Saturday morning looking for a track, and there was a Vermont truck parked on every track. I bet I saw 10 Vermont trucks in <laughs> 15 miles. Green invasion. Uh, it was unbelievable. That was the foundation uh, of the green invasion. Yeah. They switched states now. <laughs> yeah. I was... Uh, it's I remember being shocked, you know, and uh, ironically, I shot a buck that day too, a small buck on a, you know, it was the last weekend of the season and uh, found a track that nobody else was on. Nobody took it probably because it was only 120 pound deer, but, um, but you know, yeah. last weekend, what do you do? You now know? you're headed home. Headed home, so. Um, but I mean, that just in. goes to show you even when, the place is inundated with hunters. There's enough yeah. room for everybody. Yeah, I followed is... that deer for several miles before I shot him and never cut another boot track, never, you know, so. And you got to wonder how, you know, how dedicated are they? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I bet I bet you would you would have found if you gave it an hour and drove back down that road, three or four of them trucks would have been gone. They yeah. All the track for, yeah. yeah. We've seen some signs out there in our travels to actually, you know, paralleling the road, I don't know, half mile back in, you might cut a flagging trail to a stand yep. location and they've got pink ribbon tied, you know, every hundred yards marking their way in and out. And you see that kind of scattered about, but I, I never really cut much for boot tracks out there, you know be out there for an entire week and you're seeing other guys come and go but you're not cutting their tracks out in the woods so there's a pretty good camaraderie with guys out there they give uh, you space they give for you sure. space you know nobody wants to be crowded and guys don't tend to you know don't tend to crowd you you know but, uh um I always just figured anyone that was hunting out there was trying to get away from people. Yeah, I think that's really what it is because you don't go out there, to, you know, to think you're going to see deer and shoot yeah. a deer, you know, you hope for it. But, uh, you know, deer densities just aren't high enough for that. Right. You know? <laughs> I was <laughs> I was listening to a podcast. I'm not going to say the name of it. But they had this very, very popular uh, fellow who hunts in the Midwest he was talking about uh, Kansas's low deer densities, and I just turned. It. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I can't. I can't even, dude. I cannot even relate to you. Yep. He's yeah. like, I, cause I, his, his main thing is uh, Iowa, whatever. That's where he hunts, and he's like, he's like, yeah, I hunt. I drew the Kansas tag, but you know, Kansas has such low deer densities. That I was just like, next, yeah. <laughs> skip, you know, yep. yeah. the pod I podcast I listened to a lot and I just, I, I couldn't, yeah. I literally la I laughed and I, yeah, I turned it. Not to 
pick on those guys out west because there's some really good hunters out oh yeah there. But, but just the a really good friend of mine who who passed away last year unfortunately um worked in the hunting industry you know and had the opportunity to oh craig yes yep. craig and if you know he was a good friend good of mine. guy yeah yeah really good guy and uh and i miss him terribly um but he used to tell me flat out he said you put a good hunter a good vermont new hampshire hunter yeah in the Midwest, and they're super hunter. They're, yeah. They that was deer in trouble. Yep. Yeah. That's just the, uh, you know, he used to say that. Uh, like Jer- Jeremy Ballantyne. Yeah. Got drew an Iowa tag this year. Oh, there's yeah. a, there's a monster buck right now <laughs> counting down his days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. For yeah. sure. For yeah. sure. And because uh, he get, what four bucks last year, yeah. all mature bucks. Yeah. It, yeah. That guy's yeah. an animal. Yeah. The, those guys that can do that. Um, He's the mo- most humble dude, though, when you talk yeah. to him. Such a nice guy. Well, yeah. he, He's so got it figured out, you know. He, killed he works hard at it. Bow, shotgun, muzzleloader, and rifle. Yeah. Those were his four deer. Yeah. Like One a- tracking, uh, bow buck down in Jersey. Um, the muzzleloader was tracking in mass late, late season. I know he wasn't tracking, and then um, but still to do it. Shotgun in was a stand hunt. A yeah. state not known for, you know, being able to go down and shoot a trophy buck in. But right. I have some friends in Massachusetts that their reputations pictures. on the, on the men for yeah. sure. It's com- yeah. it's up and coming. You know, um, but yeah, it's, yeah. it's just. <laughs> you want to see a little deer's entities come to a town called Woodford. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Where's that's, Woodford? That's, exactly. That's just about where it is where we hunt the Adirondacks. You know, it's not that there aren't pockets of deer. And yeah. Areas but that's the thing. They're, that's, they're pockets. They're, yeah. They're just exactly. thin spread. Yeah. There's a lot of acreage that doesn't hold a single solitary animal, in my opinion. Yeah. You yeah. go through the barrens yeah. and see nothing. Yeah. Like a desert couple of years ago out there i i found a and you know i've been hunting out there a lot of years and uh i i think i found a jackpot spot um these guys were struggling to see deer and i was embarrassed to come home and i think i saw four bucks in two days yep yeah we were like is brian doing his thing again (laughs) Uh, total fluke got into the area totally by accident but that's when it happens, you know, that's yep. when you, and uh, it turns out to be a small piece of woods, really, when you think about it, yep. bordered by a lake and a road that that connects several other bigger pieces of woods, and it turns out to be a travel corridor like you wouldn't believe, you know, and uh, I set a camera up in there for a week last year, had bucks, different bucks, every single day on that camera. Yeah. And I saw two small bucks, that, um, two spikes that I passed on there and had a nice, my birthday always falls in deer hunting. And uh, I've never killed a deer on my birthday, either side of it, but never on my birthday. Yeah. Last year on my birthday, uh, I had, I didn't know it until the next day because I hadn't checked the camera, but I kind of hung out in this area for a long stinking time and like i said i don't usually sit too long but i got up and moved in the middle of the day for an hour just to do something different and uh, came back and sat down next day i checked the camera had a nice two-year-old eight-point buck 
went through there and i'm trying to think how did i not see this deer and i realized uh, I'm looking at the time. Son of a gun. This is when I got up and moved. You know, midday, you're thinking, you got up and moved, and that's when he came through, you know. Um, but, you know, it's the nature of the game. But the year before that, you want to hear a funny story. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I swore I wouldn't bring this one up. <laughs> yeah. All right, I'll tell it. It's what it is. <laughs> Everybody, you know, I, I'm not a super hunter. You know, this is this, this stuff happens, right? But I had seen a, a really good buck and uh, managed to get around more or less in front of him and snort wheezed and called him in. Um, nobody was more surprised that he actually came in than me when he did because I was trying to move to another vantage point when he came charging in. And long story short, I got a shot at him, but by he saw me the same time I saw him, and you know how some of that goes. And uh, I thought I was on him. I thought I should have got it, got him, and, but it was late in the day, and and uh, boy, he had a wide rack. He was a really nice, nice buck, and uh, I couldn't find any sign of a of a hit. I only had another half hour to look, and it got dark, and uh, so I went back, and Joey and Stephen were already at at the hotel there and I told him I said geez I'm wrong I, I don't know what happened because I thought I should have hit that deer you know it was a really nice buck and uh, so I said I'm going to shoot my rifle in the morning and go right back there and uh, so I did I stopped on my way down there it was 20 miles from where we were staying the Adirondacks you got a lot in between towns on the highway you got a long roots of nothing you mm -hmm. know and uh, so I stopped found a place to shoot and I shot my rifle and yeah, it wasn't my rifle. You know, my rifle was right on. <laughs> Never is. Yeah, so went down back there, and, and long story short, I found a little bit of blood in the, on the back side of the knob. Tracked him four or 500 yards, and uh, there wasn't much blood at all. And uh, over the course of three hours, I was trying to figure out what had happened. I'd lost blood, so I decided to go right back to where the deer was standing and see if I could figure out what had happened when I got back there before I even got there it was within 30 yards of where that deer was I jumped another big buck that I realized was a different buck because it had wicked tall rack and I didn't shoot it because I had this mm -hmm. blood on this other one and now I'm thinking boy this is the Adirondacks I just saw two nice buck in a short period of time you know and and uh, that deer went off and I found where the deer was standing when I shot at it. I'm pretty sure I, I grazed the brisket. I found some long hair, and I said, I think when that deer was wheeling to turn away from me, I, said, I think I... So I went back to looking for it and couldn't find any more blood. In the, in the whole time I was looking, I didn't find, you know, much more blood than the fill a quarter cup, you know. And, uh, and I was pretty sure, I said, I decided about 2 o'clock that, you know what, I... Uh, that deer I didn't hurt it you know but I said to myself you know I got a couple hours until dark I'm just going to go back and sit where I where that deer was because you know I saw a nice buck there last night I saw one at 10 o'clock this morning what the heck and uh so I went and sat in this little spot <laughs> I hadn't been sitting 20 minutes and I saw a buck down below me cross through an opening I thought you know well this is good you know and uh 
that deer didn't know I was there. I snort wheezed a couple times because it really worked the night before, you know. Well, 10 or 15 minutes went by and nothing, you know. All of a sudden, a deer is snorting directly in front of me. And, you know, we're talking 45 yards away, but the way the spruces were, I, I couldn't see the deer. And uh, I snort wheezed again. It snorted back. Then nothing. And then up above me, I saw a deer go across, you know, and uh, I got the rifle on it. And while that deer is stomping its way down to me, because I snort wheezed again, this other deer directly in front of me blew again. But I can't see that deer. And this deer is coming towards me, but he's stomping <laughs> his way down the hill, yeah. you know. He got behind a, a black birch blowdown, you know, and the top of that blowdown was, you know, looking through those twigs, you know, it was really tight. I could see everything on that deer from the chest down, but I couldn't see his head. And uh, I didn't want to turn the scope up to look through that brush because there was a deer right in front of me that I just couldn't see. I figured if I get the scope turned up high, the deer's going to pop up and I'm not going to be able to find him in the scope, you know. Well, finally, I decided I got to do something here. So I turned the scope up and uh, I looked through that brush and I could see the deer's nose. I could see his eyes. I could see yellow horn. I said, okay, that's that's the buck I just saw, you know. And uh, so I shot it and he went off out of sight and I knew I'd, I knew I'd connected with that one, you know. And uh, <laughs> imagine my surprise, because remember, less than 20 minutes earlier, I had seen a racked buck to my left um imagine my surprise when i get up there and it was a big spike <laughs> <laughs> it was a fourth buck in there you know um this area was is just a travel corridor for him you oh, know it's a sweet spot yeah and uh <laughs> i tell the story i, I try not to you know, I don't care what anybody shoots. If you're happy with only shooting spikes, go for it. You know, that's, um, but I was pretty pissed off when I walked up and saw that buck. <laughs> I was like, I just saw three rack bucks in less than two days and I shot a spike horn. And, uh, so I didn't, uh, I wasn't even going to take a picture of it, you know? And, uh, so I got back to, dressed it off, put it in the truck, got back to camp that night, and I beat Joey and Steven back, um, and I didn't say nothing. <laughs> you're, you're like, you're like, maybe I can eat the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> we get and, back, I pull into the parking lot, and I look over, and Brian's kayak is stuffed sideways into the bed of his truck. I'm thinking... That wasn't like that this morning. And I see a hoof sticking up. <laughs> like, he tried to bury this thing under his kayak. <laughs> and, uh, Walked over and looked in. That's not the one he thought he hit yesterday. Let's go yeah. find out what the story is. We were pumped. Somebody had a deer. Yeah. But uh, I just, uh, you know, I saw a yellow yeah. horn. And I, I, you know, don't, I don't. Spikes are legal out there. Everything's yeah. good, you know. And uh, um, I got, I had to slap myself a little bit for being ticked off that it was a spike. It was my own fault. Um, but, you know, energy's up. I, you got deer two sides of you, and you're, you know. And where you were, you probably didn't think there was going to be a fourth one. Right. I couldn't imagine there being a fourth buck. You know, I just, it never even entered 
my head. What time of year is this? What part of the month? It was just before Thanksgiving, the weekend before Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, um, there was probably a hot dough in there that I had never seen. Yeah, I was going to say, were you, you know? see, did you see any doughs at all? Just... I didn't see any dough at all. Huh. And uh, But that doesn't mean much. Or she was she there was, at yeah. one point, and her scent was in yeah, there. Yeah, and... Um, you know, the the buck the night before was definitely long-legging and traveling, and I had seen him go across, you know, way out in front of me. And, and um, like I said, the snort wheeze, he was pretty aggressive because he came right in uh, to that, charging into it, which I didn't expect. And uh, um, the other good buck that I saw the next morning, the day that I shot the spike, um, he did he wasn't in a hurry to get away from me. I could have shot him three different times, you know. Um bounced down through the woods and stopped two or three times, you know, and and that's how I knew it was a different buck cuz it had kind of high horns. It was another big body deer. And the the one the night before was wide. That's what I noticed about him. It was exceptionally wide, you know. And uh so um and the one that I saw, the third buck I saw I think it was probably a two-year-old buck. I, don't, I couldn't tell you whether it was a six-pointer or an eight-pointer, what it was, but it had a had a rack of some sort. You know, it wasn't certainly wasn't a spike. And uh, so, but it's it's what happened. So you know, there probably was a hot doe in there somewhere that I uh, yeah. I never saw. You know, uh, um, but <laughs> it's it, all part of it. Yep. It was. I said, "Oh my God, the guys are not going to believe this." Well, but they had a good laugh at my expense that night. <laughs> it was more him telling the story. He's like, I get up this, this deer. I'm expecting to see these giant bones. It's a spike horn. I was so pissed. <laughs> what the frick is this? We were laughing more at his uh, surprise in the, you know, that. I mean, you're hunting approach. in an area where if you're fortunate to see a buck, period. Yeah. You know. And then to see four in two days, and to shoot the smallest one. <laughs> <laughs> well, you you shot, well, grazed, yeah, one right. of the bigger ones, right? Exactly, yeah. yeah. But, uh, um, yeah. <laughs> but it is what it is, and uh, that oh, was it made a good story. Yeah, it made the guys at work laugh when he was telling it. <laughs> I didn't even. <laughs> the guy we work with is big hunter uh, as well, and uh, uh, I'd shot I shot another good bucket uh, by before we could we take two weeks off, you know, and uh, uh, here in Vermont, and uh, yeah, Joey takes a little more, <laughs> and uh, it uh, you hiring, yeah, <laughs> and uh, I sent him a picture of the bigger buck, you know, and uh, um, that I got and whatnot, and. We got to work, and <laughs> it was a little while before I had to I fessed up that, yeah, I shot another one, too. <laughs> but, oh, well. But, uh, but those things happen to you over the course of, you know, a lot of different seasons. Yeah, and like you said, it, if there was a state with an antler restriction, you never would have pulled the trigger. I never right, would have pulled the trigger. To, I never would have, yeah. you know, if that had happened in Vermont. You just identified it's deer, it has yeah. antlers. Bang. I saw Bang. yellow horns, you know, I don't know whether I thought they were brow tines or what. I saw yellow horns. That was, uh, you know, that was all I needed to see out there, you yeah. know. And, uh, but, oh, well. <laughs> yep. And, uh, 
but I, I it was some sort of shocked when I the deer only went 35 yards but went out of sight and of course it died like a lot of them do in a little depression right on the other side of a log and made it over a pretty big blow down log but died on the other side so I saw the ass end of it before I saw the deer and and I saw by the ass end, well, it's not as big as I thought, you know. <laughs> and when I get up and see the horns, you're like, wow, definitely isn't as big as I thought. And uh, But but I was in that same area this past year and did see two different spikes in there in two days, you know, and uh, videoed them both. But uh, We actually poked, Stephen and I poked yep. around in there one day, and Stephen found a skull of That's a right. spike horn. He did, yeah. Yeah. And... Uh, but you know, there's there's those spots always in bigger woods, these little travel corridors that you know. This one happens to be a lake on one side and and a established road on yep. the other side that that links, you know, funnels deer through this to get to two, to two pretty good sized pieces of wood. When I say pretty good sized pieces of wood, I mean very large pieces of woods. You know, thousands of acres. That'd be a, a great place to. You know, if you, if you could find a little pinch point in there, it'd be a great place to leave a camera for a whole season. Well, I've got <laughs> that this, one that's sending them pictures. This one that's sending me pictures there. right now is going out there the first weekend in November. Gotcha. So, yeah, yeah. Or last weekend in October, somewhere in there. It's going to go out and sit there. Um, the, Like I said, I put it out there for, I don't know, I had to be out there for six or seven days while yeah. I was there. And every, most of them were at night, I will say that. But, uh, um, yeah, but that's a great place to pick up a track. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. And every day when I checked it, there was at least one buck on it, you know. And a couple of them were pretty nice bucks, yeah. you know. Um, yep. So uh, even a one-half rack buck, you know, um, yep. which just tells you that you spend a little time in there. It's just a matter of time. You're going to, you know, you're going to see a deer. So, but. Yeah. We had no snow, you know, to speak of. So um. that is a tough thing. That's partly you guys were picking because I take a little more than two weeks. But a few years back, I decided, you know, you you set a, aside a dedicated time to go and hunt, and then you're at the mercy of Mother Nature. Mm. Yeah, if you want to track, yeah. If you want to track, and for me, that's if I'm going to the Adirondacks, that's what I'm going there to do. That's not where I would go to try to stand hunt for a week straight. Yeah. Maybe see one deer and maybe mess it up. So having like that longer stretch of time where you're not committed to other things gives you a little more freedom to just follow the snow, I guess. And this will be the first year that I don't have any commitments in November. And I'm, I'm excited to see what that's going to entail, you know, be able to go to Maine, Northern New Hampshire, Northern Vermont, even if I decide to, and the Adirondacks It's you know, you got three weeks, figure out where your where, where your best odds of having decent tracking snow are and, and just go there. But the beauty of the Adirondacks is you get such a long time. You know, there's seasons. Yeah, there's a long season. It is long, a really long, long season. season. Um, you know, if you want to go over and hunt in October, the rifle you can, you know, all in November, usually the first week of December. Um, 
we're going to land over there for a, a weekend at least in October. I think Dennis wants mm -hmm. to venture into the Adirondacks, and I told him I would take him over and show him around at least, you know, ahead of the season so he could try to formulate a plan. And, and I actually offered to let him tag along with me for a day mm -hmm. or two and try the tracking thing. So we'll see how that goes. I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, I want to get see what the year brings. I want to get over there, you know, even just for a weekend. If you are headed over, let me know for sure. I can key you in on some sp starting spots at least, or at least acreage. I, don't know. I think I'm gonna call Brian. Yeah, I would call Brian <laughs> too. But notice he's not. <laughs> no. I got like 15 years invested in trying to get this guy's secrets out of him. <laughs> Hey, I, hey, I'll settle for your spike spot. Yeah, <laughs> it, uh, I'm going over for one weekend yeah, out of the year. Yeah, it. Uh, um, no, I when Mikey came over that year, I I said I wouldn't take any tracks from the road. I left him for he did it, those he guys. Did, he and, did well, and Mikey and, uh, and Mikey got a Mikey track got on the road. Got a good buck too, a real nice buck. Yeah. That, it almost uh, got away. I, <laughs> it, that buck wanted him to kill it. That's all there was to it, you know. We all have these stories <laughs> of trying to sneak up on these bucks, you know, and you just and that buck let Mikey sneak or Mike sneak up on him twice, and yep. uh, Mike didn't pull the trigger the first time, you know, and then caught up to him again half an hour later, and like <laughs> man, lucky, yeah, yeah, lucky he got that second opportunity, yeah, oh, and. Uh, I think a lot of that comes from Mikey's background as as being, I shouldn't say primarily an archery hunter, but he's, at heart, he's an archery hunter. Um, that's where his passion is. And I think he was just waiting for that broadside yeah. shot. And you don't get that in the tracking oh. game, <laughs> not very often. Yeah, you shoot, shoot him in the deer. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I don't know how many times people ask me, where were you aiming? The brown spot. The deer. You know. You know. And, uh, those guys that use the peep sight, do you use a peep sight? No. I tried it for a year, and I don't. I couldn't. It took me like an extra half a second to fo to get, yeah, get focused. Yeah, focal point, right. And, mm -hmm. yep. and I, didn't, I didn't like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I do love the way it carries. Yeah, with no scope oh, on it. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. It'd be great. Yep, but yeah, but I gotta hand it, it to like those guys club. because you know, I will say those. though, this was a Williams peep because mm -hmm. that's what came on that Whalen. Mm -hmm. But that Skinner sight, the Big Woods guys are talking about. So I held Timmy's gun up. That's a way different ball game. Yep, <laughs> like it's 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 like a five sixteenths ghost ring. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's like. You pull it up and it's right. It's right there. And when I shoot my bow or a peep gun, I shoot with both eyes open. Mm -hmm. I think because I'm the opposite eye dominant or mm -hmm. something. When I shoot a scope, I close one eye. But anyway, that thing is like I would consider a peep again with the if, Skinner. With the Skinner, yeah. yeah. I always admire those guys that can do that because you know that unless you're 50 yards or under, you know that. Yeah. That, that bead covers a lot of the deer, yeah. you know. <laughs> Timmy actually f shaved his down mm -hmm. with a with a file. He mm -hmm. he sh like made his bead smaller, smaller. for that reason. Yeah. yeah, 
Yeah. Um, I'd love to, if I, if money was not involved in this decision at all, I would have one with a scope and one yeah. with a peep, depending on where you were hunting, what type of day it was going to be. Yeah. Same thing with that Patriot. Yeah. I'd have two Patriots, one with a scope, one with a peep. I've been waiting. I would love to see somebody come out with shoot through rings that incorporate a peep sight into the bases. Mark so Sheeran. So you could have a. He's got one. Yeah. I've been saying it's this a, for like ten it's a, years. It's like, a detachable scope. No kidding. He'll he'll he'll, which this I wouldn't do. But he shoots a lot. He shoots mm-hmm. a lot. He shoots. He's down at the range five days a week. Yep. Very familiar with his guns, but he'll get in the thick stuff. Take his scope right off. Put it in his pack. Yep. And he's got it marked on the Picatinny rail where to put it back on. Yep. When he gets back in the open hardwoods, he put his scope back on. That's awesome. I gotta look. So into I guess that. it's no, it's not. It's I'm I'm wrong. It's not. But it's the same. It's achieving the same goal. Yeah. Is you've got if the you options. Feel like taking if your scope you think on your off. scope is gonna be fogged up when yeah. you get through the other side of this thicket, and he's gonna be there, well, stick that thing in your pack and run the peep. He'd be the one to talk to, man. Send him a message for he's, sure. He, like, if there's an idea about how to do that, he is probably well aware. Ran of it. into Mark out in the other last he, year. He's the one that parks at the gate, right? Uh oh. No. No. He was staying in our the guy that's parking at the gate was uh Dave Williams. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yep. From ADK yep. Trackers. Yep. All right, yep. Yep. Well boys. We're well I'm down to a bar of battery anyway. And this thing doesn't there's no warning, it just just shuts up. It'll off. just it's there's three down. bars and it's down to the last one. And we just decide it's done. It's like, yep, you're done. <laughs> but Good enough. I appreciate you guys hopping on. Nope. Yeah, thanks Good for having problem. us. Good discussions and good stories. I think people like it. It's right around the corner. It's time to get fired up for it. Deer season's next week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah for us, right. New Hampshire folk. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, like you said, my, my birthday is just inside season two. It's the 16th mm-hmm. of September. Yeah. And uh, I got a wedding on Saturday, and I found out that the uh, what's it called the rehearsal dinner yeah. is Friday night at six. <laughs> so last year I shot a doe, giant doe, and I it was a kind of a spot and stock deal. I spotted him in a field and kind of worked around. She ended up like twelve yards, and I just rushed a shot, and she was kind of quartering away, and I put it in there. In her shoulder, quartering away, no man's land. Anyway, didn't kill her. And then gonna have to postpone it this year. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe next year. Yeah. Shoot one on my birthday. Yeah. Well, fill out a job application. Maybe we can get you November off. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Well, like I say, I've been waiting a lot of years to do it, and uh, I did pass up a small buck one year on my birthday out there in the Adirondacks. I think it was the first day we were out there. Yeah. And. just out in the woods and made a semicircle, cut a track and just followed it because it wasn't a big track or whatnot. But I caught up to that deer about three times and it was a spike horn. You'd be, you know, well. Uh, You're like, if you were behind some spruces. Yeah. If <laughs> only your head was in that yeah. black birch top. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I could have done it right then, but I didn't. So yeah. Yeah. It was the first day we were out there and, you know, you never know what the rest of the week's going to bring. But. 
Yeah, you don't want to tag out on too I, early before the actually, rest of the Actually, I think it was the in. year we both shot a deer. Was it the year we both got the deer? Yeah, it was. I think it, it, was. it was. So that was a good. It was. was the right decision that yep. year. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'll have to get a picture of you in front of the wall here. There's quite a bit of, quite a, bit of a nice box up there. No real whoppers, but uh, pretty nice bucks for around here. You know? Yeah, definitely. Yep. Any one of those, I'd be it's, happy. Yeah, it's all out of the woods. It's all relative. Yeah, you know? it is. You know, I used to go over to my buddy's Craig like that, there. He, you know, take that tall tine one yeah. that crossed the river. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's a 190-inch deer in yeah. Iowa. Yeah. Yep. yeah. That's the comparison. Right. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, definitely. But Craig used to have me over every year help him hang his buck up when he got it back from the taxidermist, you know. And <laughs> Guy's got some big bones. Oh on the my wall. God, he had a lot yeah. of big. I talked buck. to to Bolster. We, we were gonna. This was a few weeks before he passed, but gonna get him on. I, he would be an awesome one oh, to have he on. Been He'd been a lot Just of being fun involved sure. with Bowtech and all yeah. that for so long. Oh yeah. He used to tell me, I'd take you out there west, Brian, but you got no trigger control. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you might shoot a spike. (laughs) He used to laugh. He says, yeah, I'd take you out with me, Brian, but you got no trigger control. (laughs) He used to say, I was a typical Vermont hunter with no trigger control. All right, boys. Yes, sir. All right. Thank you.